record. I can confirm I am recording. Levels, levels. Levels, levels. I'm also talking really close to the microphone. Thank you. To try to do it the way you want. Like a professional, you mean? Yeah. 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 I just want you happy with my microphone set up. But I also want my microphone set up the way I want it to be. There is not a consensus in the middle of those two things. <laughs> <laughs> they are two very... It's like a rock and a hard place, you know? <laughs> well, look, we, we recorded today. We're connected. We're good. Mm-hmm. Levels, levels went perfect. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're all set. How's Floating Time Zones working for you? I saw you tweet that you were very excited that <laughs> since our last episode, the OmniFocus beta is now OmniFocus stable. And the Mm -hmm. most recent update brought with it floating time zone support. Well, one, have you enabled it? Two, have you tested it? Right. Well, you immediately put a little rain cloud on my happy parade by putting the idea in my head of, oh, I hope your database migration goes (laughs) fine. So (laughs) I was surprised. I was trying to get a rise out of you. And Mm -hmm. I was surprised that you didn't say anything back. But now I've achieved because you haven't got it out of your head clearly, which makes me feel even better. Right. Well, what you you should imagine is that when I I tweeted uh, something like, long have I waited for this day? And it was the smile on my face. And then you said to me, I hope that database migration goes well. Just imagine the lids of my eyes slightly narrowing in annoyance at you. <laughs> that was sort of my reaction. And like, like I'm not Good. going to dignify this with a reply. I'm not, I know what he wants. I'm not going to give him what you he wants. You know that like what you're doing right now, this is so much better for me than any reply you could have given. <laughs> right? Well, yeah. I, am, I feel very pleased about this. Good. I'm, I'm glad you're happy. It's not an unreasonable comment on your end. So uh, I sort of waited a couple of days until the release had worked its way through all of my various devices, which have different frequencies of being actually connected to the internet. And you get a little message from Omni, which says, hey, all your devices are ready. Would you like to upgrade your database? And so it had been a few days. I felt relatively comfortable. There was no emergency update. So mm. yes, I updated. And then a beauty for the eye to behold. Now below in OmniFocus, where you select the date or the deferred date, there's a little little checkbox mm. that says "Use floating time zones." Just in time for all of the travel. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, so I I am this this is like two weeks ago. I immediately opened up OmniFocus to my perspective where I can see every single task that I have currently available or at any time in the future. I did a select all, very carefully checked the use floating time zones Mm. button. And as far as I can tell, everything went great. But yes, it is a little bit of a gift of the Magi situation because it was a week before I started getting concerned about coronavirus and then two weeks before when everybody started getting concerned about coronavirus. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, because you've been trying to nail me down for Cortex scheduling times, I had a, a summer of gray travel plan that started in April and ended in maybe July. <laughs> yeah, of all of the time that I've known you, this was the wildest Cortexmas season that you were about to embark upon. No, Summer of Grey is not Cortexmas, right? Cortexmas. Oh, you're finally is... saying this now? Because I, I thought there was summer Cortexmas. This is the, the line that you have always given me. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, Cortexmas, Cortexmas is a relaxed time, ah. right? Where there's, where there's no work or anything. Okay, okay. Summer of Grey is a travel time, and... 
is not Cortexmas because it's extra stressful trying to fit in when can Cortex recordings happen. Cortexmas is a joyous time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. A summer of gray, a summer of travel is much more mixed, right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> the, the emotional resonance is much more mixed. As is always the case, where there's a bunch of conferences or events and you start committing to things and then I never like to change time zones if I don't absolutely have to. And so I always end up like combining a whole bunch of things together where I say, well, if there's only five days between these two events, I'm not going to go back to London and then return. That's crazy. Let me figure out something else I can do. So I had stuff that started on April 1st and was tentative to the end of June or July, depending on a few things. Mm -hmm. And basically after the floating time zones got implemented, I was like, wow, I'm really going to give this a workout this summer. Uh, One by one, events started to cancel. And I quickly was looking at a schedule that just didn't make sense anymore. And so I was like, Summer of Grey is canceled. There is no Summer of Grey. All of my summer travel plans have been canceled. This is not happening. So while I do have floating time zones, I will not be in an environment to test their... Floatiness. Yeah, I will not be able to test their floatiness for, I don't know, months? September? Maybe. Maybe the earliest? October? I don't know. Like, we're going to have to see how this goes. But maybe not until 20. 21 we'll see so thank you omnifocus i'm really happy to have all those check boxes checked but i will not actually be able to test them for maybe the rest of the year one of the things that's been cancelled is wwdc yes which i only really bring up at this point because it means we will not be doing our much loved in-person wwdc reactions episode i guess yes i i have to say though i've been waiting with bated breath for what is apple going to do mm-hmm and there were two things I thought were going to happen. And I love, I love the way that Apple has done this. Their, their announcement is, coming this summer, WWDC 20 brings a completely new online experience to millions of talented creative developers around the world. Join us for a fully packed program, keynote and sessions, blah, 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 blah. It's so Apple to be like, coronavirus never heard of it i don't know what you're talking about they mention it in their press release kind of they oh do they in the press release they say due to the global health concern and then they have a they had another press release that went up a couple of days later talking about their coronavirus efforts and in that one they mentioned wwdc being online so it's like this reverse like staged process that they went through but, you know, I kind of get it, right? Like, in the WWDC thing, you don't want to bring it down. Like, they want to make it, like, don't worry. It's still going to be good and fun and yeah. great. You know, I get that. Like, if I was writing that message, that's what I would do. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I agree. 100%. It's just, it's just, it's funny because it's so Apple, right? Like, yes. this, this this is yeah. This is 100% what you would expect Apple to do. It's not wrong. I'm not saying it's bad. But it makes me laugh. Because it's just, it's perfect. I am personally very frustrated about June. What do you mean? There's no date. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Right. Right. This June. I have to plan my life around, like, when is WWDC going to be happening, right? I have a lot of preparation to still do, even though I'm going to be at home now. But, like, in theory, this week may be busier in different ways because I will actually be able to consume all of the information, which I can't usually do because there's other things going on when when we're at San Jose. Yeah. So I would really like to know when exactly they're going to do it. My personal theory of why is because they still, I reckon, would like to do a keynote where they invite press to come. 
And so they don't want to announce a date yet in case it's like, well, if we just did it a week later, we can do that. Right. Mm. But depending on what the situation will actually be like in June, because they don't have to have anybody plan anything, they can choose the date whenever is best for them. So I get why they've done it. Right. But I would love to know when that date's going to be with a little bit of notice. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting point. If your theory is right, you should assume that this is just like when Apple says, oh, the new whatever coming out in fall. And, mm-hmm. and you just you just say, okay, what is the last day that a reasonable person could remotely consider fall? And that that is when Apple is going to say, but I do the think they need to give a bit of notice on this one, not just for people like me, but for actual developers who mm-hmm. need to plan that like there's they're going to be learning for a week, right? Like yeah. they are planning around like, okay, we've got to shut down a lot of our regular business activities because I'll be consuming courses. And hopefully something we don't know yet, like will there be any sessions like interactive things that WWDC we will will allow between developers and Apple engineers? Mm -hmm. We don't know if any of that stuff's going to happen. And I'm sure they will. I reckon sometime in May they will announce the dates of all this stuff. Uh, You know, there could be a possibility. We'll see how things go. Maybe you could come to Mega Studio and we could record in person for funsies. Don't plan on me to come. Uh, The Grey household is in quarantine. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I imagine. But again, you know, I'm trying to stay optimistic, Grey. Like, June is a way away. Yeah, no, June is a way away. I'm looking looking at the calendar and I I think smart money is... June 22nd to 26th if they want to do a whole like look at all these events and try to have a period of time. Yeah, and I'll just three months, three months is a lot can happen in three months, you know? Yeah. But I'm just saying like if you're if you're if you're trying to make money on when is WWDC, my top bet would be 22 to 26th and my second bet would be 29th to the 3rd where they can be like it started in June. It was t- t- that's totally June, June 29th. That's when WWDC is. <laughs> While we're on this subject, I have a couple of rumors I would like to share with you. Okay. Uh, one is that there is a, a smart keyboard with a trackpad in the works for release sometime soon. Oh, yeah? The original idea is that this was going to come sometime in March, but who knows now, right? Like, everything's up in the air. But with a new iPad Pro, which should be, Ooh. in theory, debuted before sometime before WWDC, there is also a rumor of, and like this has come from multiple sources now, a trackpad smart keyboard in development a trackpad smart keyboard so there will be a smart keyboard that integrates a trackpad inside of it oh god this is this is where sorry it's like the apple the apple language sometimes gets me I'm, when i'm thinking like magic keyboard but no, no magic smart keyboard, keyboard is, smart is the keyboard. ipad keyboard yeah. Right, right, the, right, the one yes. that goes on the iPad, so like the smart yes. folio or whatever you would call it, with a trackpad yes. inside of it, and then iOS fourteen is expected to get full on cursor support. Like, where would the trackpad go? Well, this There's is like, it, right? Like, yeah. it, there is a lot of questions about how exactly they would make it. Like, you could make a completely different product, something more like Bridge, where you have an integrated hinge but that would make it a lot heavier or something mm. I'd considered like you could maybe have an extra fold out portion, which has a trackpad. You remember like yeah. the old smart keyboard used to be this origami nonsense, right? So they might move oh, more yeah, towards yeah. something like that again to allow them to make that work. That's kind of something that I was wondering, but yeah, then, so then potentially let's imagine they release it before uh, WWDC before iPad OS 14 and they like say oh it has limited support via this means or whatever but then with iOS 14 or iPad OS 14 it is expected now according to some new rumors from 9 to 5 Mac that there will be a full on cursor 
hmm. in iPadOS. I'm very excited about this. So when you say full-on cursor, mm-hmm. having now played with several times that accessibility feature, yeah. what does that mean compared to the current functionality? So this will apparently be pointers like you're used to, like on a Mac, an arrow okay. and a hand, those kinds of things. Hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if it is represented slightly differently, but the idea is that it should look more like something you're used to. So, quoting them, this includes support for multiple pointers depending on what is being hovered over, like switching Ah, from a standard arrow pointer to a pointing hand when hovering over links. That's really interesting. There is also gestures, right clicks, all that kind of stuff that's going to be coming, in theory, as part of iPad OS 14. That's very interesting. Are you excited? I'm absolutely thrilled by it. (laughs) So, like, over the last week or so, I've pretty much just used my iPad in the stand with my keyboard and the mouse like that's how i've been using it Mm -hmm. i have been i had a little bit of problem in my hand because of it because i was only using a mouse right where like when i sit down at my imac or if i use my ipad with not in the stand mode i'm using more input devices so like i'm just being Mm -hmm. mindful of that i wish i could connect a trackpad to my ipad right now so i had a way to separate between mouse and trackpad but like that's right. just a thing I have to I have to just be a bit more smart about the way I'm doing that. Like I might get two different mice, you know, one more mm-hmm. ergonomic and one more regular as a way yeah, to yeah. just just kind of as we spoke about in the past, both me and Gray do this, we have multiple input devices that we just cycle through and it just yep. reduces the repetitive strain yeah, in yeah. any area. And that's that has been an absolute savior for me over the past years. Yeah. On my desk right now, the things I constantly switch between is I have the you know, the the MX Master 3 ergonomic mm-hmm. mouse, but I also keep the MX Anywhere 2S just on the other side of my keyboard so that I can even just switch between the left and right hands and different device. Like, it's such a lifesaver with RSI stuff, being able to switch between two different things. So which MX are you using? The latest one, MX Master 3. I use okay. that in my right hand because it's sculpted for the right hand. Right, but that's not the ergonomic one, though. Oh, oh, yeah, that's that. That is the other one that like. So I cycle those two on my right hand, the trackball ergonomic one, right? I'll swap between that trackball and the regular mouse for my right hand. I haven't tried one of the trackball ones. Do you recommend I give that a go? Wait, which one are you talking about then? When you mean the ergonomic one? Oh no, uh, the vertical. I use the MX vertical. Oh, it's the vertical one, one of their ergonomic mice. Okay, yes. So I did get the vertical one, mm-hmm. and I. I tried it, but I found for me it wasn't helpful. I felt like it was aggravating some stuff in my arm the way that it worked. I actually do find that a little bit, so I don't use it all the time. But it's yeah. if I use it too much, it can be a different thing. Uh, <laughs> God, which is the worst. I hate this. I hate this. I know, I it know. It has become much more manageable in my life since I've known you, right? But yeah. I still, it's just so much of a pain. Yeah, and and like I know that this is a thing that we talk about on the show all the time, but it, but it really is like it's such a problem when your whole life revolves around making things on computers and yep. iPads and what like what are the input devices, and I've said it before, but I I always think of this science fiction story of like oh these poor creatures that are made of sand and they have mm-hmm. to be very careful about what they're eroding away, and that's what it is like cycling between these different devices it's like well. Am I eroding away the joints in my arm or the joints in my wrist? Like, I have to pick one, and the question is just cycle evenly between them to to have the maximum amount of career that you possibly can. But yeah, so so when you talk about that vertical one, mm-hmm. I know people who who love and live by vertical mice, and I 
ages ago did used to use one, but that one and my current desk setup, I, I decided just not to use it. But with my right hand, I mainly alternate between the MX Master 3, which is like a traditional mouse that's sculpted to fit your hand. And I've always been a big, big proponent of the trackball mice. And Logitech, maybe two years ago, updated their very, very old trackball design. And I love it. Like, I think that thing okay. is great. And, and that's always one. the device that I travel with. Okay. Yeah, I've seen you use that. I think I saw you use it at my bachelor party. I think I stumbled upon you one day <laughs> and you were using it. Uh, which was a funny thing for me to see. Yeah, and is also an insight into how exciting Mike's bachelor party is. Like, hey, oh, what's that? What's that input device? My that bachelor you're using? party was great for the people that were there. <laughs> Look, let me tell you, I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. No, my brothers <laughs> didn't get it, but everybody else had a great time. Right? Like we all, uh, we were just the, just a big nerdy bachelor party. Yeah, and I think your brothers got a got a view into. Oh, what is Mike's life and friends like? Yeah, they had to have, and they did kind of have their own bachelor party in the evenings. Yeah. And we just all went to bed. This MX right. Ergo, have you used it with an iPad at all? Have you tried? The trackball one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it works? That is actually, when I was telling you last time about, oh, I tried it with uh, with the mouse, that was actually the device that I was using, was was using the Ergo. And I like and it this a lot. One, so this one doesn't move. Like, you put it down and it stays where it is, right? And then you move the trackball. That's how it works. Yes. Okay. So in, in the decision of what am I eroding away, mm. this is the device that allows you to focus solely on eroding away your thumb joints. Okay. So... The the reason I like to switch with that one is it completely takes your wrist out of the whole situation. Mm -hmm. And the reason I travel with it is because it is by far and away the best device to use if you're in cramped quarters. So if you're on an airplane Genius. or if you don't know what the hotel yes. desk is going to be like, oh my you God. want a trackball because you don't have to move your hand. I hadn't thought of that before. You could put it anywhere, right? So one of the things I do on flights is I will often have it on my lap yes. like i won't even try to put it on the tray table mm. you just have it on your lap and you can use it that way so i, I highly recommend to anybody Ooh, 22 pounds off on amazon right now oh great Add there you go perfect basket. pick one up <laughs> yeah anyone who travels a lot you should seriously consider using a trackball as an input device when you're traveling it, it, it's a little weird to get used to at first in the same yeah. way that ages ago we talked about how pen tablets are a little weird to get used to at first but once you adapt to it you'll really like it as an alternate pointing device. Obviously, lots of people are working from home at the moment. This is the right. thing that is becoming a thing. If we can give you one piece of advice about your working from home life, this is this is it, is really watching the input devices that you're using and being very careful of posture because yes. office environments, they are built to try and give you good posture because your bosses do not want you to ever have any kind of injury that could stop you from producing the work that they need right like right. we had i could i could get when i was working at the bank any type of ergonomic support i needed they would just provide it right mm -hmm. like they had assessments and all that kind of stuff like that was like a thing it's like please be careful of your posture and consider moving around like you know if you start getting pains in your hands and wrists then think about different input devices because i bet a lot of people are working from laptops where they're used to working at desktops I bet yeah, that's the thing yeah. that's happening right now. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I agree. That's that's definitely a work-at-home tip. I'm, I'm going to add to the other one, which is um, I, I, know that, I know that your 
mega studio has some mm-hmm. progress, which I'm which I'm very interested to hear. I was again 10, 14 days ago, very excited because I I finally had found someone who was going to take me around to a few office options locally that I thought like, okay, thank God, I'm going to be able to get a, an office out of my house. And then I was like, oh, I need to cancel this because of coronavirus. It's like, this is, you know, when I don't want to be touring a whole bunch of office buildings and then immediately moving into dense office buildings right now. Mm. So I was like, nope, canceled. But my other main tip for okay, the gray household is in quarantine, I have to hunker down for a while, is even in small spaces, I'm very, very insistent on always trying to divide up, if you have different kinds of work, do them in different places. Yep. And so while I've been working at home, I caught myself being a little bit lazy about sometimes doing administrative work on my my main, like the main iMac computer that I have that I'm recording uh, with you right now. I was like, oh, sometimes I'll do email on this this machine and like, no, 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 confine all administrative communication work to one laptop. And I'm like, I'm just going to sit at the kitchen table when I do administration work and to create that real little division of productive work versus logistic and administrative work and and now I'm I'm being super serious since I know that I'm working at home into making sure that I keep those two spaces clean and clear into what they're used for and I think that stuff just helps if you're in the same environment over a long period of time like define little areas and have specific activities for those areas This episode of Cortex is brought to you by Indeed. When you start your hiring process, you might have a few questions. Are you going to get good applicants to choose from? How can you narrow down by education and experience? And how are you going to know if you've made the right hire? Well, Indeed is there to help. There are millions of great candidates that use Indeed every single day to find their next opportunity. You can post a job in minutes using screener questions to help you quickly create your short list of applicants. Plus, you can add a skills test to your job posts so you can be confident in your applicants' abilities. Indeed's library of more than 50 skills tests range from industry-specific skills like accounting to general aptitude tests like critical thinking. Indeed gives you the smart tools to make hiring decisions quickly and the confidence that you're making the right hire for your team. Post your job today at indeed.com cortex and get a free sponsored job upgrade on your first posting. That is indeed.com cortex. Terms and conditions and exclusions apply. This offer is valid through March 31st, 2020. Our thanks to Indeed for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. While we are in the coronavirus portion of the show... I want to talk about the journals. Oh, yes. How, how are the journals doing? I have to. I didn't. I don't want to talk about this because it's sad to me, but I have to address it because it's right. important. So we had been working on having journals for sale again in late March, early April to right. allow people who had, who had been using the system to make sure they had their new book for a new quarter. Right. We got our order in before Lunar New Year. We are now, of course, dealing with coronavirus. We were supposed to have them in time. The order was placed because I've learned from the year previous, right, that like everything shuts down. But right. if you've been following this, right, uh, coronavirus hit China during Lunar New Year. So they extended right. it. And then, you know, China is, was first and they've been dealing with it. And they're start, it seems like they're starting to come out of it. Um, but coronavirus is affecting manufacturing. I actually want to put mm. in the show notes a video from Linus Tech Tips where uh, Linus has a really good kind of overview of the knock-on effects that can happen Mm. due to these types of things in manufacturing. And obviously, he's mainly talking about computer parts. 
mm-hmm. but this affects all manufacture. So I just want to put that in there. I find it very interesting to kind of see how these types of issues can affect manufacture. Is he talking about like the just-in-time manufacturing kind of stuff? All that. It's just-in-time, but also just like regular manufacture of like, you can be ready, you can have a stockpile of stuff, but then there is problems about moving it. Yeah. So you may not be in just-in-time manufacturing. You may be in a manufacturing process where you have warehouses full of stuff, Mm. but now the trucks can't move it. So it doesn't matter how much stuff you have if it can't be taken to the port. Yeah. So I I find it kind of endlessly fascinating, modern supply chain logistics. Mm -hmm. and, And it's because it is this weird combination of breathtakingly efficient but also terrifyingly fragile. It is a very incredibly well-made house of cards. Yeah. <laughs> but a house of cards it still is. Yeah, that that's that's a that's a good way to put it and and it's like, "Oh, hey, guess what? If Chinese factories shut down for 2 weeks, you know, that's that's not the same kind of thing like, oh, you're you got 2 weeks of snow days at your school. Like, oh yeah, there's disruption, but it's localized and contained." It's like, "No, no, no." That that will ripple out for a year. Yeah, but so as it stands right now, uh, mm-hmm. the most recent update we have had from our manufacturer is that the notebooks will be completed on April fifth. But these timelines are incredibly hard to predict. Yeah. Like that's what they have given to us. They are working. We've been told, mm-hmm. and we're going to get an update at the end of March, and then we're going to move from there. But. Even if they were ready on April 5th, which I don't think will be the date, I think it will slip into sometime in April, later in April. This yeah, is just when yeah. the books are made. We still need to then have samples sent, and we know what happened right. last time <laughs> with the samples. They just fall out yeah. of a box somewhere, uh, and then they have to be shipped. So uh, honestly, I don't know when we're going to have journals back in stock, and all I can do is apologize. Like, I'm sorry. I, and it's causing yeah. me great anxiety because... You know, I know there are a lot of people that have built bought into this idea because they believe in it like we do. And it yeah. just makes me I feel so upset about the fact that we can't provide people with the notebooks if they want them or need them. And so, Yeah, yeah. It is it is a real bummer because we are in that in that position of people who really like it, you know, want to get the next one mm-hmm. if they're using it every day mm-hmm. and it's like, Oh, we're coming up against that deadline, but we're just not going to be able to to do that. So, so yeah, I take solace in the idea that our system is simple enough that somebody could, you know, once they're into it, they could draw it out for themselves in a notebook. But yeah. I hope that you will then still buy another one <laughs> later down the line. Yeah, you, like you can you can have a, like a makeshift quarantine notebook to yeah. get you through this difficult time. But yeah, uh, yeah, for those of you keeping score at home, what can delay a physical product? Uh, we have been through many things, and oh now God, you can yeah. add pandemic to that list. I hadn't realized that until you just said it. Like, this was supposed to be the one where it's like, okay, we've experienced everything now. Right, yeah, yeah. So we can plan, right? So I had planned everything into this, like lead time-wise. Yeah. We were very confident last time we spoke about it. Of like, oh, we've been through a bunch of orders. What else could happen? Yeah, what else could happen? pandemic can happen Mm. so yeah look obviously it doesn't need to be said but you know we uh, most first and foremost just want everybody who is involved in our notebooks to be safe right like that is what we care about most and that's why we you know are just taking this on the chin but it still brings me 
great anxiety and sadness, right? That we can't continue the way that we want. But things are still moving ahead. There will be books at some point. We are still moving ahead with version two. Um, the design of version two is now finished, and we're currently mm. getting quotes for that. So my hope will be by the end of the year, we will have a slightly revised version two, and that's when the big order will come. But who knows what's going to happen now? Like it's it's all very up in the air. But bear with us, I guess. All right. So sad things, happy things. How is Mega Studio progressing? Well, I mean, how can a studio progress when you're quarantined? Well, okay. So you're not going to Mega Studio? Are you are you joining the ranks of everyone working at home? Like, what's what's the what's the deal here? Because I thought stuff was still happening with with Mega Studio. Well, I have. Well, yes and no. So, like, I okay. have been in self isolation for the last couple of weeks. Okay. But it's worked out fine anyway because we haven't really needed to be at the studio. So I kind of took this as a time to do it. Okay. But we are going to be back in the studio next week because we have a lot of deliveries coming. This is mostly all to do with soundproofing mm-hmm. and trying to get the audio environment right. And it's a, it has been an ordeal over the last couple of weeks. So I started to notice these loud dings coming from the pipes uh, <laughs> in the room. And we had a contractor come out and look at it. And it's basically like, well, that's just what these radiators are going to do. So it's like, okay. So it's like thermal expansion and contraction kind of stuff? Yeah. Or there's like um, like sediment in the pipes. Ah. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> right? Just because it's like an old system. Right. So there's rocks moving around in there. Probably. And like, yeah, there is a thing you can do for this, which is to run this like sludge through. But we would need to do that on the entire building, which Mm. is not going to happen. We need to rule that one out. There is no way we're going to be able to convince the owner of the building to do this work. And neither would I even bother because it's not important to anyone else except us. All right, so it's like, fine, whatever. We'll find another way of doing it. And so we're just going to get like some foam insulation to put around the pipes, like actual pipe insulation. It will dampen it a little bit, um, and that's kind of all I need. Mm-hmm. I've been doing audio tests, and with a little bit of dampening, it won't be a problem. Okay, good. Um, plus, the more that we have spent in the office, we're like realizing that it is around like temperature changes. So, just being smart about when the heating is on and off in the office and how we heat the office right. will allow us to reduce that a little bit. But the soundproofing thing has just been—it's and—it's so difficult. Uh, Adina has been researching all of this, and. So really, like, there's two th- there's two things going on here for me. One, I do not want to build any structures, right? Like, I think I said this before, but I am not interested in building a room inside of the room. Right. You don't want a recording booth. I do not want a booth because I don't want to install anything into the studio that cannot be easily taken with us whenever we move studio in the future. And I feel like a structure is built within the constraints of the room that it is in. And that right. won't be the same if we move, right? Uh, and and I also can't imagine that a room that is built is, is as easy to break down as you have some panels, you have some blankets, you have some foam on the walls, right? right. Like that stuff is more movable, more adjustable. Yeah, so. I mean, I, like, I get it that you don't want to build a structure inside the office. I get it because it's it's not easy to take with you. I mean, my my thought is... Mike, all of your work 
depends on high quality okay, audio. Okay, okay, okay. So, Look, so, you so, are doing <laughs> what the Reddit is doing, so allow me to finish my thought process. <laughs> no, 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 no. But like, no, let me let me finish it for you, right? Which is just like, I can I can see it, but I think the the better argument is because you record so many shows, you don't want to spend all day in a box, right? Like that's that's not good. Sorry, yes. Thank you. You weren't going where I thought you were going to go. That is it. I do not want to spend my time in what I feel like will be a sound coffin. That's how I keep thinking about it. Because I've seen yours, right? And I don't want to be inside of this, like, black box that you sit in. (laughs) So it is, like, plan D, right? (laughs) Yeah, the black black monolith uh, in my office, which even I disassembled because of... um, being in this office long term of like, I, it doesn't make sense if I'm here for a lot of time. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's I've I've disassembled it. Um, okay, so for for the listeners, I have my home office is this little rectangular room, and the thing that I've referred to as the black monolith in the past is I took the back forty percent of the room and built. Uh, like a completely self-contained soundproofing cube to do the podcast recording in. But yeah, several months ago, around the time I got my standing desk, when I knew like, oh, I'm going to be in, in this home office a lot, I I disassembled it and kind of spread the parts all around the room. Right, so you turned the booth into sound isolation, which is really all you needed in that room. Like you just needed some panels on the walls. But I understand you went a bit overkill, but that's fine. Yeah, it yeah, it does... It's it's less good this way, but it's fine, right? Mm-hmm. This this is the thing of like it's totally fine. I would have kept the booth because if I had an, an additional space, but if I have to make decisions about the space, like it's a that's a very different kind of decision. Yep. Yep. But for me, because I record podcasts so rarely, that structure totally made sense. But as you've seen in person, people would go into that booth and they would just go, "Oh, oh no! Like I don't want to be in this space." I hate it in there. There is something about real, like, sound, really good soundproof rooms yeah. that feel very uncomfortable to be in. Yeah, yeah. it's often like a, people usually describe it as like a pressure on their ears, mm. or when people talk, they're uncomfortable because they're, they're just not getting the feedback they're used to hearing from their own voice. And so, even just my office, if you weren't in the booth... People didn't like being in the office because there was too much sound absorption in the space. And so it makes sense. It made sense for me, like, because I was doing so much less audio than you. But I'm with you on this. Like, you do not want to spend with the number of shows that you do a significant amount of time in a sound coffin. Like, that's that's brutal. And if you have to live with pipe dings, I, I fully support that. And all the audiophiles who want... They're perfect wave files with no with no reduction in sound quality and no dings. Uh, they're gonna have to accept that, like, oh, maybe there's a tiny bit of echo mm-hmm. because Mike has to keep his sanity yep. while recording all of these shows. But that is Plan D, right? Right. Like, if if I can't do this, then I will have to get something. Plan E is hiring a professional because right. it is incredibly expensive. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I don't I don't want to do it. It's incredibly expensive. We are currently working on plan B first. Okay. So plan B is get some stuff that can provide an environment that will work but is not going to be the permanent solution. 
So Adina has been doing so much research and we found some products and they're kind of all arriving over the next week. And this includes these, I think I've mentioned these before, like there are these like panels that will go behind me, like they're freestanding. And they they are sound isolating, like they they have stuff inside them. I don't know what it is, but like whatever <laughs> research. Uh, and but they are mainly so I have something behind me because I don't want to record with an open area behind me. Like I yeah, want yeah. if anybody approaches me, I want to be able to see them from the sides, not from behind. Right? Mm-hmm. I just don't like that. Then we found these um, soundproofing blankets, huh. and they're very heavy. It's like a five kilogram blanket. They're massive. And we bought one of them and I draped it over me and it was it completely removed the echo. Okay, can you, just to be clear here. Mm. Is this a blanket that you could cozy up on the couch with in your relaxation area or is this I wouldn't recommend it because okay. it is it is it's not like a weighted blanket. Like it's yeah, that, not that's that what idea. that's what I'm wondering. It okay. is a blanket which is heavy, but it is made by a soundproofing company. Like I'd have a sound blankets yeah i know right i'd never heard of such a thing until i've never i can't believe i haven't come across something like this so let me find sound blanket heavy duty sound absorbing blanket yeah they exist currently unavailable uh last one purchased by mike is what amazon says oh no 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 not amazon not Amazon. This is the company okay. that we used. I'll put this in the show notes so people can find it. I'm just, I'm very curious. Like, I, I feel like I too have spent a million hours looking at all the various soundproofing options, and this is a new thing I've just I never find come it. across. Adina found it. She's very good at research, right? Like, this was something that she came across. And so we ordered, you'll see them, it's the VB76G, black on one side, white on the other, so that I will be looking at the white side, which I feel will be nicer for me. So okay. the plan right now is. Two of these blankets on stands on either side of me. Huh. The soundproofing panel behind. And then possibly we're going to like build, <laughs> like we have that foam, right? Mm-hmm. We're just going to build like a foam roof to go on top of it. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. And then we have good sound panels that are going to go on the wall behind the desk. Mm-hmm. And from the testing that we have done with these elements individually, I think a combination of all of this will provide us with a good enough for now solution. Right, right. So then we can actually be in the studio. I can record in the studio. And then we will be slowly building plan A, which is more of these panels on the walls, putting some bass traps in, which are like these foam things that go in the corners. And Mm -hmm. then maybe over my desk eventually hanging something to mm. stop the echo going into the ceiling. Right. But all of that is more difficult, more expensive, and all of the stuff that we're buying, we could use for other stuff. So like if I wanted to right. record video in the space, I would then have these blankets that could be placed behind cameras on the stands that we're buying and provide different sound isolation that can be more moved around, right? Oh, that's interesting. What are you, what are you up to there with video, Mike? What are you, what are you doing? What what little Mikey plans do you have? I have recently had the feeling again of video. I was like, are you, are you getting back into vlogging? I always really Not enjoyed vlogging. your vlogs, and I was sad when you stopped. No, I don't want to do vlogs. I you just, don't want to I be a vlogger? No. But okay. I, the, there is, I've just had a feeling again of like, under, just the point is just like with all this space, right? I have more flexibility again. 
and it right. might allow for more technology-focused videos to be produced, potentially. Right. But right. my point is just like, I want to buy stuff now that can be used in the future. Like, I don't want to buy things that will just only be used for that one purpose. So that's the plan. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And that, that is sense. plan B with plan A of like, as we are continuing to fill the studio up, then finding more panels to go in the areas where there's still echo. Because like, we still are missing most of our soft furnishings. Mm-hmm. We're basically going to buy a massive rug. A friend of the show, Jason Snow, recommended to me or gave me the phrase carpet remnant. Have you ever heard of this before? No. So there's there are companies that take large offcuts of carpets that we use in other places and can make them into rugs for you. Huh. Okay. So you can get massive rugs cheaply. We have our little rugs that we like for the areas, but like for all of the concrete floor, mm-hmm. just a massive rug, which is effectively a carpet, but you can get for way cheaper. So we're looking into that. There's still a lot of stuff to be done, but I'm kind of fed up now of not being able to use this studio for its purpose, (laughs) right? I've paid one and a half rent payments now and have not been there. Right, yeah. Now, of course, there is this other problem of like the self-isolation, but our main thing is just we just got to get to the studio and then it's basically just like being at home because nobody else comes in. Yeah, yeah. I I think from the impression I've gotten about the physical setup of the office and, and your entry there you can much more easily than i could you could maintain a quarantine bubble that basically extends into that office and and back yeah so yeah we can be very in the studio we have to leave it we just got to get to it so that you know and and so we're gonna we're gonna be spending a bit more time there again next week uh when things start arriving and we can start getting it more set up again Mm -hmm. i have been on an absolute emotional roller coaster over the last month of like Oh crap! We can't do this. To oh, actually, I think we can. What do you mean? What do you mean you can't do this? Like you can't set up the office? What is as what in is like the... I'm never gonna get this place non echoey, right? Like is, oh, or at least okay. cannot do this without spending tens of thousands of pounds. Yeah, right. Like that is I've been going on this emotional roller coaster, but luckily we are now at a point where I feel like it's never gonna be perfect, but it's going mm-hmm. to be more than sufficient yeah and i think that's just a side effect of you bring in the one sound isolating thing and you think oh this hasn't made any difference at all Mm -hmm. but the whole game of trying to reduce sound is lots of things and Mm -hmm. i can see why maybe you would be upset you're like oh this this blanket isn't doing anything unless i wrap it around my head it's like but yes it's just another thing in the room plus the carpet plus the soft furnishing it's like yeah you're gonna get there you'll be fine i think we are i feel like now i feel confident that we're gonna get there but it was just like i was doing all these things and it was making no difference like at all but then when we found this blanket like Again, draping over me in a way that I wouldn't want to work, but it made a. It was the first thing that made a noticeable difference. You, you might not want to work that way, but I'm going to forever imagine that you are wrapped in a up blanket in a fort. cozy sound. Yeah, in yeah. a cozy sound isolating blanket fort. When I know that you're recording in the mega studio, that, that's just how I'm going to picture it. But yeah, so I feel like now, like there is a path again, mm-hmm. which is good. So by not the next time we record, but in a couple of episodes' time, maybe in April, will be the first Cortex from Mega Studio. Oh, exciting. Yeah, so we'll see. 
This episode of Cortex is brought to you by Squarespace. You can make your next move with Squarespace because they will let you easily create a website for your next idea or project. They give you all of the tools that you need, whether it's a unique domain name, beautiful award-winning templates, or 24-7 customer support. Squarespace has it all. If you want to create an online store, a portfolio, a blog, a site for your business, a site for your band, a site for your restaurant, a site for your event that's coming up, Squarespace has the tools. They are the all-in-one platform that will let you put anything online. There's nothing to install or patch or upgrade. They have all of that stuff covered for you. You don't have to worry about any of it. I have been using Squarespace for so many years now for so many projects, and I still have projects that I'm working on right now that are on Squarespace, like thethemesystem.com. What I wanted to do was get a bunch of information out there quickly and easily to the world without having to spend weeks trying to build a website. I don't want to do any of that stuff. I want to have all of the tools that I want. I want everything to be taken care of. So all I need to do is focus on the content. That's why I love Squarespace. It's why you'll love Squarespace. Their plans start at just $12 a month, but you can sign up for a trial right now with no credit card required. Just go to squarespace.com slash Cortex. When you decide to sign up, use the offer code Cortex and you will get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and show your support for this show. Once again, that is squarespace.com slash Cortex and the code Cortex to get 10% of your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for the continued support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. Very into VESA arms right now. So I have two desks. They both have two arms on them. I'm very excited about this. Okay, I need to know... Okay, so, so for listeners who want to wear, Vesa arms are the the little arms that can hold up computer monitors. Yeah. So yeah, if if you're in an office environment, you you'll often see that they don't use the regular stands that the computers come with. They're attached to an arm that can move the screen around. Mm-hmm. So I've tried various Vesa arms, but I, I feel like I have never found one that I like that hits the nice balance between you can move the monitor. And also the monitor will stay in position when you stop touching it. And it won't okay, slowly well, droop like a sad flower in the sunlight over I can't time. tell you that I found that yet because <laughs> okay, I don't okay. have a monitor on any of the arms. Okay. Well, uh, okay. But then that might be what you're going to experience in the future. Uh. <laughs> so the, the arms that I have, it's one arm and then the other arm has a laptop stand on it. Right, yes, yes, I know that type. And I've been putting laptops and iPads on them, and they've been perfectly fine. They're very adjustable. Yeah, the laptop stuff has always been fine. I, I just, my experience has been, uh, like, I tried to mount my iMac Pro on a Vesa arm, mm-hmm. and, and eventually came to the conclusion of, I, I didn't want to live life on the edge like this, because it's like this really expensive computer, and I just never found an arm that felt secure or was mobile enough so i've i've yeah well we'll find out like i know people that do it like it is possible yeah yeah and so the arms that i have they are very they feel very sturdy and so we'll see right like i will report back on that one please do please do once we move into the studio like actually moved in i'm going to be putting my imac on that arm Mm -hmm. but also in the meantime so when i'm recording i am going to at some point i think liberate your lg 5k ultra fine that you've been trying to palm off on me for a while it, it, well well if we can make a drop i don't know how yeah, we're gonna well, do well, no, it but so here's here's the thing i've been living with the burden of this monitor for so long and and try and and like standing out in the streets going hey lg 5k lg 5k anybody want it perfect good working condition and everyone's like no those monitors are gross we, we all know that no one's gonna take them 
And finally, Mike, you messaged me and, and it was, it was like, Hey, do you still have that 5k <laughs> LG monitor? It's like, I do. Boy, do I have it for you. And then, uh, the gray household went into total quarantine and I'm not exactly sure how we're going to transfer this, uh, because I, I will not see you in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, like maybe I can leave it on a street corner and you can do a drive by and pick it up really quick or something. Yeah, we can do that. But yeah. Yeah, we we will need to figure out a system for how the monitor will actually get transferred. We'll exchange to you. hands, yeah. But that that at some point I will be liberating that monitor from you. Uh, yeah, I, and I will be so happy to know that you're getting getting uh, getting use out of it. That it's found a good home. Yeah, it will be. You know, I I I'm gonna need monitors. Like I need a monitor yeah, on yeah. my recording desk, and I need a monitor on the hot desk that I'm gonna be setting up too. So it will find a home. Like even if I end up not liking it, it will still find a home. Right. Yeah, and and it's perfect for that kind of thing. Like you need some monitors. Mm-hmm. Where can you get some monitors? Gray's got a monitor for you. Yeah. So I might as well take it. Like it's needed, and you're not using it. And- finally we can get to tie a bow on this long standing (laughs) so i will take it from you yeah it it feels like the conclusion of an epic story arc somehow (laughs) it's super difficult to try and work out what a desk needs when you're not actually working on the desk yeah right so like i've been trying to work out at home like what is each desk going to need because just to recap like i will have two desks i will have my desk where i record and then my desk where I do my editing and all my other work. So it's going to be set up for both an iPad and uh, iMac Pro. So like there will be two setups there. I do like the idea of you sitting on the couch at home, fantasizing about Mega Studio and, and yep. making little drawings about, ooh, which desk is going to go there? <laughs> I've been mind mapping. Oh, yeah? That's the way that it made sense to me. So like I have each desk and then each piece of equipment and what each piece of equipment needs from it. Like I've been hmm. trying to mind map that out. I still found it incredibly difficult to actually work out what pieces of equipment I'm going to need to purchase, but that's right. fine because I, I have enough mobile gear that I can jerry-rig everything together until mm-hmm. I work out what like fixed gear I'm going to need right. on each right. desk because as we have established, mobile gear and fixed gear, different. But also the same, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Dif- different but the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that I'm still working that out, but like I'm, I am so excited to be able to actually get the desks set. I have the desks and they're amazing. I'm so happy with my desks, Gray. I have two desks. One is absolutely massive and one is like regular size, small. Are um, they standing desks? Both standing desks. Yep. Ooh, very exciting. Yeah, I just figured that, well, it's just the same as the desk I have here. I want to have the flexibility in the desk that I was looking at, there wasn't like a wild price difference between having standing and not standing. And mm-hmm. it's, I've really come around to, especially when looking at stuff in the studio, and I've been trying to instill this idea into Adina as she's been helping me plan all this stuff out. I don't want to buy lots of things many times. I want to spend a right. little bit more money and buy it once. Yep, yep, that makes sense. I have learned this over time, um, which is just like you can try and save money but you eventually end up replacing you know one thing that i've really learned this in is chairs Mm -hmm. so i use herman miller chairs now um i use the embody chair after it being recommended to me by everybody that i know basically yep and because i had prior to buying one of these chairs maybe three years ago i had gone through like two or three chairs from amazon that were 
between 150 and 200 pounds each. You know, like something broke on them, something stopped working. Now, these Herman Miller chairs, they cost like 900 or 1,000 pounds, but they come with a 10-year warranty. Yep. So what I have learned is I was spending 150 to 200 pounds basically every year buying a new chair because something would fail on my chair. So now I extrapolated that out. I spend 900 pounds on a chair, but I get it guaranteed for 10 years. Yeah. So you know, this is kind of like a, a thing that I've learned now that like my business is a, a place where I can afford these things, which I treat as assets now. They're things my company owns, right? To actually just buy them once rather than buying like three desks. Like, So I have an Ikea desk here, right? The Ikea desk that I bought was cheaper than the desks that I'm buying now. But the st- the stand mechanism was broken, right? Yeah, desk. yeah. So now I am again spending more money on a desk that has a guarantee on it, and that is better made. So that's kind of the route that I'm going down. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and this is also this this big difference between, and, and I think it's it's tricky for a lot of people when you become self employed or you you start to run your own business mm-hmm. of of having to shift the way you think about spending money on purchases and it, it can be very hard to do, but this is, this is a really important part of this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on top of just the straight up financial calculation, there's also, I mean, I think the listeners can hear that setting up your office is a big deal. Like it's a big project that's going to take a long time. And what you don't want is to get a bunch of equipment in there which then, because you have a lot of things, like each part might slowly need to be replaced. Like you want to do this once and never have to think about it again. Yeah, the initial setup that I'm doing here, which is taking way longer than I want it to, <laughs> yeah. is this should be the setup that lasts me another 10 years. So even if we move office, we move yeah. like you move your home, right? We're not going to start again with new desks and new chairs and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it, it it makes sense to it makes sense to get stuff that's going to last at this point, and and to not in two years have to redo one of the desk mm-hmm. setups because that desk was flaky or it's bending or it's wobbling and it doesn't work anymore. It's like no, no, no. That that's not the way to handle this. Like this this is you have an office like for all of the company work that you do. Like set it up, set it up properly, and and do it right the first time as best you can. So the desks that I bought, uh, these desks called the Jarvis desk, and I bought them from a company called Fully, who is going to be a sponsor on other shows that I do, and I had never heard of them. But then as soon as I found them, I then bought two desks with my own money from this company, <laughs> right? So like, I just want to make that all very clear, right? Like they mm-hmm. haven't, we haven't actually done any sponsorship stuff with them yet, right? But I found this company at just the right time and bought two desks from them out of my own money. <laughs> Because what I really liked is the Jarvis frame I've heard lots of good things about in the past. Like this isn't their frame. They sell this frame, but then also make their own desktops, right? Mm-hmm. And what I liked is the desks are very customizable. Oh, I, I you know, it's funny. I came across when I was looking for my standing desk, I came across this company mm-hmm. because I, I like their, um, this thing here that they have this little like jigsaw my first standing desk for kids which i think is adorable oh my god i've not seen this wait where is this <laughs> mike how did you not know about the standing desk for children i have uh, never heard of this 
I'll, I'll send it to you. Oh my god, this is amazing. Right, isn't it? It's adorable. Yeah. It's called the jazz wig. It's not Jigsaw. <laughs> oh, sorry. I must have been looking at the wrong thing. No, no. I think it's meant to trick you because it's all the oh, same letters. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, jazz yeah. wig. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, standing desk for kids. I came across that. I can't remember whatever it was. Anyway, like, uh, yeah, they, they, were, they were one of the things that I was looking at. And also... It is on my list to get from them. They have these kneeling chairs, which I totally forgot that a long time ago I used to use and really love and then kind of forgot about existing. I've been looking at them, but thought that they would be horrible. I I can say I've used them in uh, college. Like I had one in my dorm room Uh and... It, it it was interesting because so I've I've got like the same Herman Miller chair that you do because it's the same Herman Miller chair that everybody has mm-hmm. and I like it but one of the things I am aware of it is a little too easy to start slouching sometimes and like slide down the chair a little bit and it's been on my mind to uh, have one of the kneeling chairs as an alternate because the thing that I really liked about it was that those chairs. It's very hard to slouch. Like they they force you much more into a correct posture, which sounds like torture, but I I mean it in a good way. Like what it's, about it's, this different yeah. chair? I've been seeing this different chair design popping up in places, and again, this company sells it. It's called the Capisco chair, and it's like a super weird looking chair. Like it doesn't look like a regular chair, but like you look at the pictures of it, and the thinking is that like. It allows you to sit in, ve- in a lot of different positions. Huh. I've been seeing this chair more and more recently. Uh, I I don't know that that looks very that looks very weird to me. Yep, isn't it? I feel significantly less sold on this idea as an idea for a chair that I would want. Yeah, I don't think I want it either. But like, I've been seeing more and more people use it. That feels like a chair I would want to drive before buying. Yes. Right. Yep. <laughs> like, like I need that to be in some co-working space where I am for a day. And you can just give it a go, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one either. But I say I've been seeing it more and more recently. Yeah. But I, I give my full thumbs up to kneeling chairs. So uh, they have uh, one called the Balance kneeling chair, which actually looks like one that they make. But I don't know. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's on my mind as a thing to try, but uh, yeah, so standing desks for children, which is adorable, mm-hmm. uh, and kneeling chairs, and also this is Mike's current standing desk. What I like about it is that they you can basically just make your own specification. Mm. So I'm, I have one which is, I think, the smallest that they make, and then also the largest that they make. And the smallest mm-hmm. one is the recording desk, and then the largest one is my regular desk, and it's massive. It's 180 centimeters by 80 centimeters. That's the big one. Oh, that's pretty big. Yes, yeah, massive. It's great. It's that, that's nice to have, though. Now, now, you're like you got me distracted looking at office furniture. Yep. I'm like, oh, do I need a stool? Maybe. No, not really. Maybe. But maybe I do. I don't know. Maybe maybe that can go in my kitchen where I do my administrative work now and have a have a stool. Would there. you get a kneeling chair with a back on it or no back on it? So the one I used had no back on it Mm. and um um see when i look at those chairs i just imagine myself falling off them i feel like i would fall off it a lot you you think you're going to but you don't 
try, like yeah, I, I is get the, it. Is the falling offness what keeps you from slouching? Because <laughs> you're constantly no, scared you're gonna fall off it. No, that's not. I'm, I'm trying to think of how to explain it. So the re- the reason that the kneeling chair works uh-huh. is. I feel like it puts you in a position where like your gravity is just going straight down mm-hmm. because your legs are sort of underneath you. It feels very much like, oh, I am a stable stack of bricks here, each mm-hmm. one on top of the other. Mm-hmm. And they're all pushing down in the same direction. So you don't lean forward and you don't lean back. It's it's not because of a fear of falling, though it is very weird to get into one for the first time. Because you're like, this is not chairs. This is not how chairs chairs. I don't like this at all. I don't know if all. I like the phrase, get into the chair. That doesn't, yeah, that doesn't make no, me feel good. Look, it's it's like it's it's like getting on a horse, right? It's weird the first time, and you're like, "Why is it so Why high?" Why do you keep I don't talking understand. about horses so much? <laughs> is this your new hobby? Are you horse riding now? <laughs> look, I'm just I'm just trying like I'm just trying to throw out metaphors that you might be familiar with, you, right? You know, I don't know how to ride a horse. <laughs> I barely know how to ride a bike. Everybody knows how to ride a horse. That just seems like a thing everyone knows. But anyway, look, so you get into the chair, and it is weird the first time. And it, t- it takes a little while to get used to. Mm. But my feeling is it's very stable and it's very slouch resistant, right. which that's my one complaint with the chair that I have, which I do love. But like, I want the chair to be less forgiving of my slow ability to sit in a non-optimal position. So okay. that, that's why the kneeling chairs have been on my mind. Anyway, try a kneeling chair. Get, get one for Mega Studio. I might. It, it can that. be a fun, fun talking point anyway. Yeah, I'll add it to my uh, my Apple note where I add like things that are inspiring to me, you know? Right, good. Sounds good. Oh, I wanted to provide a piece of follow-up for you about my internet. Okay. So I was super mad about it, if you remember the price of everything. Yes, very expensive internet. The deposit, which I will never, I will never be happy about, and I had to pay it. <laughs> And I was I was so mad about it, right? Like just so mad, especially because, right? You know, they say it's for the equipment. They didn't even need any equipment. The equipment was already in there. The engineer came, and there was a box of equipment that was delivered. He's like, "Oh, I don't need any of this. It's already in there." Right? Yeah. No, of course. I'll just take it away for you. It's like, oh, okay, there goes my deposit. I suppose. <laughs> right. So I deposit. I'm just, here, I'm just here to take your deposit away. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, you see that thing you paid all that money for? I'm just going to take that. Great. Thank you. Bye, engineer. Right. But Gray, I said it was slow, my internet. I was wrong, my friend. Oh, my God. Are you, are, is this again where you're, ju- where you're just going to flex all over me about how fast your internet is? 900 up and down. God damn you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> up and down. God damn it. On Wi-Fi. That's my Wi-Fi speed. I'm very happy for you. Oh, I'm so happy. Let me run a speed test while we're recording a podcast right now. <laughs> I've been doing speed tests of the studio while at home <laughs> because I'm so happy about it. I will run a speed test for you right now for the studio so right. I can tell you because I can do that now. Yeah, good. I'm, I'm very happy for you. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here with my 19 up and 17 down like a peasant. Oh, my God, Gray. How do you do anything? I don't know. I don't know how we're even able to talk to each other. Because right this now. was one of the things where I was like, oh, because I have really good internet at home too, right? So I was like, you oh, know, I'm, I'm very aware that you have great internet at home, Mike. Yes. <laughs> Every time you call over, I'm like, hey, just do this feed test. See what you get. I'm very aware. You don't need to tell me that you have great internet at home. <laughs> so I just got 889 down and 874 up. That is of my office speed test. 
I'm very happy for you. It's great, right? Yeah, that's very good. Isn't that nice. fast? It's, it's oh, no, wait. Fast. The speed test wasn't complete. 916 down, 917 up. Great. Even better. Even better. It is better. Yeah. <laughs> that yes, is better. You is were right. Better. That was 100 better each way. <laughs> right. It's, it's, your, your margin of error is five times faster than my absolute speed. Yep. <laughs> yep so you know it's still really expensive it's still more money than i want to pay for internet but at least i have really good internet okay good i'm happy for you <laughs> i also wanted to share one last thing about like uh being at mega studio well i actually have a bunch of stuff but i'm gonna talk about that later because uh, it's changing a lot about my work right but a couple of weeks ago i was spending some time there while waiting for some deliveries and stuff and i felt much more productive than when i'm at home it reminded mm-hmm. me of when I would co-work because in a working environment, I found myself getting a lot of little tasks done that I otherwise would procrastinate over because it was kind of like, well, while I'm here, I might as well just do this thing mm-hmm. instead of where I'm at home where I'm like, oh, well, I'll just do this thing. And it's a home related thing, you know? Right. Well, you know, I'll just watch this or I'll go wash the dishes or I'll just go take a shower or like whatever, you know? Like mm-hmm. that type of procrastinating. Now I am work procrastinating, right? Actually finding other work things to do. It's how I feel when I take my Hurley days as well, right? You know, like the graycation right. idea, where it's just mm-hmm. like, well, I'm here, so I may as well do this thing. So I'm feeling pretty confident about my long term productivity with the studio that yeah, that's I will actually be getting more done when I'm there, which is what I wanted. So I'm, I'm feeling enthused about that, right? Like that feels really good to me. Yeah, no, that that that's great, and like that's that's one of the main advantages of having an office outside of the house is yep. like you can you constrain the activities, it increases a kind of focus. Uh, you you now have with your new mega studio, you have more space, so you you're already your brain is already turning towards like other projects that you could possibly do. Ooh, video, maybe I'll get back into that. Yep, and I think it's I think that's like that's really great, and I'm happy to hear that. Uh, I'm happy to hear that your internet is so fast, but also I'm very happy to hear that that even though you have been quarantined from it for a little while, that the like the mega studio is turning into what you want it to be, that it's like it's a productive environment that is ultimately going to be like better for you and better for your work. Yeah. It is a slow process. Uh, I'm enjoying <laughs> documenting it here, especially because, you know, we don't record every week. Right. So like, a lot happens in between our recordings, so yeah. which is good. Are there going to be Instagram photos to update? Like, are we going to have more Instagram photos? I want to. I want to see like half. Because here's the thing. Yeah. Okay. You're going to be tempted on the grams to just show the shiny final office, mm. but I want to. I want to see. I want to see updates of the. Here's here's what it looks like halfway through process. Okay. I don't have any now, but I'll take some to put. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll right. put some up and I'll share them with you. But I don't have right. anything at the moment. Because there's been the last photos that I do have that I think I may have sent you one of them. There's been more progress in the space since then, um, so yeah. I'll, I'll have some. I'll, I'll make sure to put some up so that I'll have them to put in the show notes. But it, it, you know, it's good because 
this type having longer periods of time is good because otherwise you would have got two weeks of despair <laughs> right <laughs> so it's good to not have to have those we, we, we missed the despair period yeah the despair phase <laughs> has passed for now maybe uh next time there will be more despair if like the plan doesn't work but there was a plan which was abandoned and then there was no plan and now we have right. a better plan in place again about the sound stuff so well, I, I think in this time of global health situation, we did we didn't need a, a despairful update mm-hmm. from from Mike. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy we skipped right over that, and and got to the to the happy update about what's going on with Mega Studio. Today's episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. FreshBooks create the super simple cloud accounting software that will help you save time and frustration when it comes to getting paid, when it comes to invoicing, and so much more. FreshBooks has drastically reduced the time it takes for their customers to deal with the paperwork related to their business. I have been using FreshBooks for nearly six years now, and I would never use anything else. I absolutely love this system. We send out tons of invoices here at RelayFM, and I just couldn't imagine doing it any other way. Their system is super simple. It's really easy to enter all the information that you need. Their invoice builder is WYSIWYG, which means the way that I'm building it is the way that my client's going to see it, so I'm going to know exactly how everything going to look. I love that information is saved so things can be selected from drop downs and it pre-fills a bunch of information for me so I'm not writing out the same stuff every time. But the real magic happens once I've sent that invoice. I will see when it's been received. I'll see when it's been opened. I can even see when it's been printed. So I know that my clients have got the invoices so we don't have to play that game of me chasing and seeing if they've read it and then having to answer and like it goes back and back and forth and forth. Nobody wants that. And one thing I really love about FreshBooks is that when I log in, I get my notification center right there. So it tells me what's changed since I've last logged in. I can see if somebody's late. I can see if somebody's accessed their invoice. Super awesome. I absolutely love it. I've even been able to integrate it with our Slack so I can see when invoices are sent. I can see when people are logging in. It really helps me stay on top with how my business is sending money and making money. And that's super important. If you're listening to this and not yet using FreshBooks, now is the time to try it out. They are offering an unrestricted 30-day free trial for listeners of this show with no credit card required. All you have to do is go to freshbooks.com slash Cortex and enter Cortex in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Once again, that is freshbooks.com slash Cortex for a 30-day free trial. Our thanks to FreshBooks for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. Let's talk about tumbleweeds. Tumbleweeds. Mm. Who would want to talk about such a boring topic? You would. And... I was genuinely surprised at the the reception to that video. It seems to have done very well. Like this isn't I don't mean this negatively, but like it was <laughs> it's a very it's a just much smaller video and like it feels to me like less zeitgeisty than some other stuff, you know? Like so I was I was surprised it's, it's got like over two million views. Like it has performed very well. Um, so I'm just cur- I'm curious because this is sort of like a this video for me is an interesting example of a bunch of things, but I'm curious, what what do you mean by the word like smaller? When you say it's a smaller video, what does that what does that mean to you? Okay, so, well, because it's because it's not short, no. right? It's it's well, almost all right, eight all right. minutes. Or yeah, so. okay, yeah, but I know. Well, this comes from my <laughs> knowledge of your work, okay, and some videos that you are working on now, I know you've been working on for years. Right. And have required like spanning the globe. 
which I am very confident you didn't do for this video. Uh, no, well, I know you have. No, no, no yeah, before you jump yes. in, I know you have yeah. <laughs> footage of tumbleweeds, but uh-huh. I know that that tumbleweed footage was not for this video. Like, my expectation is, because I know what you were doing when you encountered tumbleweeds, that right. that gave you the idea to make the video, but you weren't making, like, a tumbleweed video and went to find tumbleweeds. Right? Well, well, I mean, yeah, sort of, sort of, yeah. You, you didn't go in search of tumbleweeds for like you didn't travel across from England to somewhere in America to shoot video of tumbleweeds, right? Well, like that didn't happen. I look because I've I've got something else that's coming out hopefully I know. soon, so I cannot confirm or deny whether I did or did not travel. But I did travel as part of this tumbleweed project explicitly for tumbleweeds. So you're actually wrong about that. No, I know. See, I don't buy this, Gray. (laughs) I don't buy this. Like, you didn't go... You weren't in London and were like, I need to go to America to film tumbleweeds. You're tr- you're trying to like you're trying to get me to talk about a future project. I'm not trying and... to get you started this. <laughs> you knew what I meant, but like so no, anyway. No, okay. The tumbleweed okay, so li- video. No, no. So listeners, so listeners, like okay. There's there's so many things that have happened here, but like Mike is confused because Mike does know some of my future stuff here, and like I know what Mike thinks he thinks he's talking about, but he's not talking about what I think he's talking about. So oh my god. <laughs> All, all I'm saying is, when I say this is a smaller video, right? I am not aware of you having been working on this tumbleweed video for a long time. Now, it feels to me like it's more like a typical work length. Right, right. right? Which has not been what has been happening to you more recently, which is why you've shifted your business model a bit with focusing on the Patreon of like these really long spanning videos, which takes you going to places and understanding how things work and and like so the tumbleweed video feels more like a typical idea where like something happened to you and you were like this is interesting let me look into it okay which is so like there was an inciting event that made you create the video which (laughs) is different to like i'm going to investigate the entire history of a people right right and travel all over america looking at this stuff and finding out like it's very different so when i say smaller i mean more like regular right okay 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 you know that's that that's fine i was just i'm just kind of curious about like what what, you know your perception of it it's been really interesting because i keep i keep thinking about the year of clarity stuff and I, i i think particularly because this is the most unactionable non-specific theme i've had on the show i find myself sometimes thinking like how can i explain what this means to me or like why why this also feels like one of the most important themes that i've ever done and you're not wrong in pegging something about like oh this tumbleweed project feels kind of different and feels kind of small mm-hmm. and it, it, you're 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 mostly right in that I, I was I was thinking about the thing I I said last time and I I don't think I explained really well but like one of these ideas that has has come out of locking in topics is this ability that I, I feel like I have really figured out for me how it works best to explore potential future topics and how to stay focused, but 
but also flexible. Right. And so this this is where so like Mike is obviously referencing like, oh, the American Indian Project has has been this enormous project that I've been working on for a really long period of time. Yes. And I said in the in I think the previous episode of Cortex, like, oh, I'm going to have an animated video that sort of relates to this main thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I keep thinking of this as like the as this phrase of fractal creativity of you know, a, a fractal is an object that you can zoom into infinitely, and it's always sort of interesting and different. Like, that's the fundamental feature of, of what a fractal is. You can magnify it a million times, and you still have an interesting pattern. Whereas with, with most stuff, you magnify it a million times, and that, that doesn't happen. Like, it still looks the same. You know, or it, just, it just becomes uninteresting when you magnify it too much. And so, Indians has been topic-locked for a long time of like, okay, I've got three things that I'm I'm locked in on. American Indian Project is is one of them. But I'm also I'm also aware of like I think one of the things that I got that I used to get more tripped up on and I feel like I've kind of solved now is I used to get kind of stuck behind bigger projects. And like Statue of Liberty is an example of this, where it's like the Statue of Liberty video took a long time to make. And it's partly because I was a little bit confused about like, what is this is what parts of this is Billup and various things. But like, it was easy to get kind of stuck behind a big project. But now I've, I've kind of figured out it's perfectly fine to, while you're working on a big project, zoom into parts that are interesting for whatever reason. As long as, for me, it has this feeling of, like, down further into the fractal is perfectly fine, as opposed to getting distracted by lateral topic exploration. So I think of this as, like, you get, like, lost on Wikipedia. You go, oh, I'm going to look up something on Wikipedia, and you start to read, and in several clicks, you can be in a whole different world of things i hear this a lot i know people do this i've this has never happened to me really interesting okay i just because well you know I, I, it is very rare that i will decide to go and read a bunch of stuff right you don't go on a wikipedia wander this happens to me more with youtube than wikipedia okay yeah, yeah but youtube is the same thing yeah like I, I think it's the same it's the same phenomenon expressing itself in different ways yeah where you're on youtube and you're investigating something in particular and instead of continually diving deeper into that topic, depending on what you're clicking on in the related fields, you can easily an hour later end up in a totally unrelated field, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, I, I started out looking up how to fix my sink, and now I'm watching a video about how lipstick is made, right? It's like, I don't even know. How did I get here, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. There was some connection. I was just using Wikipedia as an example because Wikipedia isn't algorithmically trying to keep you on the site for as long as possible. You can actually draw a line of like, how are all of these topics related to each other? Or are they? <laughs> if, oh, God, I really, I really hope Wikipedia doesn't introduce uh, algorithmic suggestions in a sidebar <laughs> at some point. Although now, as soon as you say that, it feels, it feels inevitable. What if it's an algorithm that's making the edits to to link to right. other pages to just keep you in there. 
Right, maybe. Although I know they do have a lot of bots already that do a lot of the maintenance work on Wikipedia. And if, and, if, and if any internet project is going to become self-aware, maybe Wikipedia is it. Yeah. All the knowledge. All the knowledge. That's wrong. We shouldn't be plugging bots into all the knowledge. <laughs> Someone needs to take care of that. Stop that. Yeah. I, I've heard uh, many an AI researcher say something like, well, you know, we started designing an algorithm and, and we just downloaded all of Wikipedia and gave it to this. Like, maybe don't start with that maybe don't don't give it like all of the knowledge we've amassed this humanity could you pick a different training set to just be the like oh i happen to give it something don't here's everything here's the whole history of humans everything they're good at and bad at give that to the robot yeah just as the starting point Mm -hmm. for learning (laughs) then we'll give it like all of google images which is no no problem yeah, yeah, and then the bot is is going from Wikipedia article to Wikipedia article, going, "Oh, mm-hmm. this is interesting. Oh, mm-hmm. that's interesting." Um, but but so so one of the things I've become very aware of is the topic lock provides a kind of framework for me to think about what is not inside this boundary. And so I know it will seem crazy to people when I say, "Oh, this tumbleweed video." Uh, came out of the Indians project. Like, I, I don't think that that's going to be clear to people, like how how this process is. But to me, I've, I've, I have really been able to refine this kind of thinking in my own mind of tumbleweeds is further down the fractal of the Indian topic. It is related to this. There's steps where it it goes from like the big topic down to the smaller topic. And yeah, when when you say like, oh, it's a smaller video, that was also my perception of it. That what you said there about like what you said about the fractals yeah. is a much more eloquent way of what I was trying to explain, which was like I could see that this video was not a self-contained thing. Like it wasn't just a project you decided to embark upon like right. some of your other videos are like it reminded me more about the planet video yes which yes. was yes. like you were doing something and then something popped out of it yeah yeah and and the planet video is another one of these perfect fractal videos mm-hmm. like there was a bigger project i ended up homing in on this fact about mercury's orbit and that bigger project uh, has is now um, when I was reassessing like which topics are locked, that bigger project got kind of bumped out to I'll consider it at a later point mm-hmm. of like I'm still interested in that project, but I'm not going to give it one of these three locked slots. Like I've picked something interesting out of it, and that one's temporarily on pause. Mm-hmm. But the Indian one has been topic locked for a long time, and one of the things that that I, I like I like to do this kind of stuff because I know it's the sort of thing that I as a viewer appreciate. But if you go back and you look at all of the videos I've released since the Statue of Liberty video, you can see how many times I use the little cartoon American Indian girl when it's not really necessary for her to be there, but she's like she pops up. And and that's kind of an indication of look at all of these videos that have come out of this project in Mm. one way or another and it's why in the tumbleweed video like the american indian girl she's there for two seconds does she need to be there not really but this is part of the thing that i like to do with making videos over long periods of time is you can put these fun little connections between them 
And that's one of the things I've been kind of laying down for people who are really attentive viewers Wait, to see. Of like, oh, the here's beginning all these Indians. Of the GCU, <laughs> like the gray cinematic universe, <laughs> like all of these things are connected. In a, like uh, in a weird way, it kind of yeah, is. it is. That's 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 the great cinematic universe you're building there. You know, like different different types of people make different kinds of things, and I I think you always have to take advantage of what makes you different. Mm. And so, I as a YouTube channel, I think it will come as news to no one. Am not the fastest producer of videos. Like they take a long time. But what that means and what I feel like I've really sorted out over the past year or so is this ability through Topic Lock and through some other things related to Year of Clarity of how do I have parallel projects but also keep forward motion on all of these things? Mm. And it's it's just really interesting to me because I think if you go back and listen to Cortex, like this has always been something I've struggled with of how many projects am I working on at once? Yeah. And it's like, I've always had a really hard time with this and it finally feels like something I've really locked down. But one of the big advantages is, okay, if you're a channel that doesn't produce stuff quickly and you're producing a couple of parallel things over a long period of time, there are totally ways in which you can make them connect to each other. Or you, you can show, kind of like wink at the viewer to see like this thing is related to that thing and i really enjoy doing that because i really like that as a viewer and it's it's why i really wanted to try to work in the american indian girl to the tumbleweed video because it's not it's less clear now but i think in a few months viewers will be able to really clearly draw the connection between three videos of like oh here is the exact path gray started here this thing happened this thing happened and then he made the tumbleweed video and so it sort of goes back to like a thing we mentioned forever ago about this really non-linear life but one of the ways i feel like i figured out how to keep forward motion is sometimes working on things in this reverse order of like work from the bottom of the fractal up to the higher layers of the fractal and the tumbleweed one is just a perfect example of this like this is the bottom of the bottom of anything that can be considered to be an american indians video and two videos from now in this little series it'll be much clearer like oh how did i how did i get here but it isn't it isn't right now and part of the reason i feel so confident about i've kind of figured out this process is like for the first time in my nine year career of working on youtube i have a video that is completely finished ahead of time like it is edited it is done it is uploaded to my channel and I'm just waiting to release it because I want to finish something else before that video goes up. Congratulations to you on many fronts there. (laughs) And I mean that seriously and sincerely because not only have you done it, which has proven that your method has worked, that you are restraining yourself. Yeah. Because I know how difficult that can be. Like you have a thing that's made and someone else can make it, right? Like that's always the fear. But yeah. what, I think this is the combination of 
the year of clarity, but also your time away from the internet, right? Project Cyclops. Yeah, I think it, is. it has allowed you to not be so terrified about somebody scooping you, basically. That you are yeah. confident in your work now that even if that happens, it doesn't matter because it's your work and people want to see your work, no matter if it's been done a million times before, because you have your process, you have your outlook, you have your opinion, and people like that. So like I think that that is a an example of your growth over the last few years with these elements that you've been focusing on, that one, you've been able to do it, and two, that you're comfortable with it just not being visible to people yeah yeah i mean there's there's a couple there's a couple of things here like why was that able to happen one of the reasons is it's a it's a real life video so it's not an animated video that's done and complete Mm -hmm. but it is on a thing that is is totally scoopable it's not like my tesla road trip right where someone someone can't scoop that because like hey here's a thing i did Mm -hmm. right it's it's uh, you know so i have a real life thing and it is theoretically scoopable, but I'm I'm happy to like leave it the way that it is. I don't want to leave it forever because no. like I do still have that little bit of concern. But this this is where I'm talking about this idea of like what's the order in the fractal? And it's like, okay, tumbleweed is first. This thing it's done, and in theory I could upload it, but I want to make sure I have another layer up done first before I release this and so so do are you do you have a video that's coming before it or you just want to get to a point in the video that's coming after it before you release this one i just want to make sure i understand that i want to get to a point in the video after before i release this next one because for, for whatever reason you don't want to leave too long a gap between the two right yeah the, the two okay. things are connected and i just want to make sure i'm far enough along in this in the next related thing before i release this this so one you don't end up in a summer of gray scenario right where it's like this is part two and part one and three will come in like two years yes that's that's exactly correct it, it could it's it's less clear than that but that's the same idea of yeah. oh here's here's the thing i also have something that's related it'll be out in two years goodbye <laughs> So that's yeah. why I'm kind of holding on it. I think that's smart. Yeah, it is really shocking to me that I have a video that's that's done, even if it's not an animated video. Like I cannot believe that I have something ahead of time in this in this way. And also with the topic lock, it's like okay, tumbleweeds is this thing, but I also have uh, another sort of fun, small, totally isolated, not connected to anything, little animated video that's in the works that's topic locked and is like is going along really well. And you were bugging me about, did I travel for tumbleweeds? And the answer is yes. But I also have a video for that coming along really well and, and hopefully should be done reasonably soon. No, I see. I just did. You didn't go for the tumbleweeds, though, did you? Like, I know the other thing. <laughs> you didn't go for the tumbleweeds and then go to the other thing. You did to the other thing and there were tumbleweeds. No, you're, like, you're, you're, I won't believe this you, is true. You don't do, like, like Mike. Do I have to? I have to whisper to you what the thing is, and and you have to bleep it because, like, I don't know what you're thinking about. But I went, I went to like Mike. I went to the doctor. Do you know that? Do you know this thing? No. Okay. Right. Well, that's I thought that's it was the thing the, that I did. Ba- no, that has nothing to do with this thing. You don't know what oh, I'm talking about. Do you see why I'm in this situation? <laughs> that's yeah. That's why. Wait, I what did. is it? Wait, is the is is it? 
it's look look which, there's gonna be so many bleeps in this section i no, can't like, explain it to that you. i'm gonna cut out because it's too much bleeping no no it's funnier if it's bleeping okay <laughs> no is it wait what are we talking about now we're, we're talking about tumble f-ing weeds that's oh, what okay. we're talking about <laughs> all right, all right, all right. okay you understand why i got to this point i totally understand but now at this point i will say fine right <laughs> like you win on that <laughs> thank you but now i understand a little bit more about the link between this video and the next video right yeah because i've seen the next one i think right yes yeah you okay. you you have seen the thing that is done and is up on my channel and it's just waiting right uh, so, you've, so you've i think the thing one. we can say is as annoying as all that censoring is <laughs> one gray said i had to censor it, it wasn't my choice and right. two it isn't going to be six years until you find out what we were talking about. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I mean, I hope it's going to be something like a couple of weeks at most. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it'll it'll be pretty fast. But <laughs> look, look, look. For for me, editing something that's like a vlog in uh, under three weeks is like lightning fast, right? Oh, well, so I'm that's, not criticizing that's my perspective. That. I'm not criticizing <laughs> that. There is no criticism here. I don't know. I like it's it. It's so. It's been a really interesting year so far, and uh, like I was, I was talking last time about like oh the month of unexpected urgency, which has become a lot more like like the two months of unexpected urgency. But even even through all of this, what you said about some of the the long run byproducts of my year away from the internet that totally works into it, and it's why Year of Clarity to me feels very much like. There's a lot of threads over the past few years that have all come together right around the same time and are 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 working to help each other. And and one of one of those things is just recognizing in my own work process that like I am just a person who works really well in isolation. Like just just on my own, focused on projects for long periods of time with as little of the outside world as I can manage to get by without. And I know that I've always been crazy about this stuff, like managing my notifications and trying to clamp all that stuff down. And I, I, f- I feel like I'm just, I'm just re- really leaning into that because it's also the thing that makes my video work so clearly much better of um, you know i'm just going to i'm just going to get up in the mornings and i'm going to try to be isolated on on this work and if a day is going really well like i'm just going to stay isolated and i'm just going to keep working on this thing and there's something about it that i it's hard to put my finger on but it feels mm-hmm. like something has has changed and it's just more satisfying and it's it's part of the way as well like even during what what would have been in past years a, an incredibly disruptive outside environment that would have completely destroyed my ability to make videos i've i've ended up in a situation where it's like tumbleweed video came out boy do i love it and it's great oh by the way i also have another video that's like ready and waiting to go and there's there's like two more in the chamber that are coming along really well and and part of this is just some hard to articulate thoughts about how am i selecting topics and some more practical stuff about hey 
your temperament is like to work on your own on projects sort of in this isolated way in the way that people for all of time who did work that revolved around reading and writing always would have and like just just lean into that and i don't know like you're really happy about mega studio and i feel like i'm i'm really happy about the way my video production process is is going now and uh, i think i think like year of clarity is is really the correct focusing thought around a bunch of decisions related to all of this stuff this episode is brought to you by expressvpn there are tons of vpn providers out there but you probably want one that you can feel confident in and that you can trust expressvpn values your privacy they don't log your data to make money from selling it like some other services may ExpressVPN have developed a technology called Trusted Server that only stores your data in RAM so it's not held and it's super fast. You can even stream HD quality videos with no lag. This is one of my favorite things about ExpressVPN. If I've been traveling and I wanted to be able to access content on the streaming services that I use as if I'm from home, you can just fire up ExpressVPN, you can change your location to your home location and you'll be able to reload your streaming service and it's all there available to you. It's so easy to use, you just fire up the app, click one button and you're connected. And ExpressVPN is loved by companies like TechRadar, The Verge, CNET and more. Protect yourself today. Go to expressvpn.com slash cortex and you'll get an extra three months free on a one year package. That's expressvpn.com slash cortex now to learn more and sign up. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and Relay FM. You did something a little different this time. Mm-hmm. You did a director's commentary stream oh, for yeah. your Patreon backers. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, live streaming, Mike. Live streaming. Now, I want to just ask, what? How? How did you do the live streaming? What do you? What? Oh, but badly, I guess is, yeah, is yeah. the answer. Yeah, I don't know. I've seen. I've seen most of the video. Like, and okay. the video begins. Like, the Patreon video begins with uh, you basically saying, "Oh, finally, an hour later." And I was like, "Oh boy, you had a lot. Of, you had a lot of trouble over there." Yeah. Uh, what am I? Wave Wirecast, yeah, Wirecast. No, I sent you a I'm text using. message. Okay. Did you not see my text message that I sent you? What just now? No, uh, no. Like on no. the day you announced the live stream, you announced oh. I'm going to live stream today, and then I sent you an iMessage, didn't I? Uh, look, look, Mike. I I was having a hell of a no, day this making was before. anything work. This was before. This was hours before. This was when you announced you were going to do it. And I sent oh, you a message. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. This thing about like Ecamm, Ecamm Live. Live, powerful yeah. Mac streaming. Yes. No. Look, I un- I understand that when I announced that there was going to be a director's commentary, you sent me a thing about a brand new piece of software that I immediately put out of my mind because I thought, you know what, I'm not going to do at the eleventh hour here. No, swap out what I think is, is so going to be easy to use. I feel like this is the one I used and didn't like. Do you, you like this? It only came out like eight months ago it is i've tried lots of things for the mac this is the easiest mac yeah. live streaming software that i've used yeah this is okay. the one you should be using okay i'm clicking or you should just get a pc and <laughs> no just the thing <laughs> oh, to yeah, do no, that's what I'm and do. you get stream labs and then you're fine but if you're not going to do that this is what you should use like me and steven used it for a bunch okay. of stuff uh leading up to the podcastathon. okay okay i've downloaded it it's on my desktop I'll this is what you should use if you're going to do these again, which I think you will, because it seemed like it went really well. I mean, oh, and okay. it's a good little perk for uh, your Patreon backers. Look, I use Wirecasts, and oh 
it only it only took me an hour to close to 90 minutes to get it to work you used one of the absolutely most complicated pieces of software i've ever come across <laughs> okay <laughs> look that's that's the one the the roulette wheel of me looking online to find software like that's what that landed on yeah ecamm is a new kid on the block with this okay so like it's not very well known i will give it a try because i could never quite figure out what it was but there was some audio button i would press in wirecast that would start a self feedback loop of the audio that would immediately spiral into the maximum volume that someone's computer could (laughs) output (laughs) Um, and that was that was like that's not what i want to be doing like literally injuring the ears of the people who are who are who are being very kind and are there for the pre-stream trying to help me set up the stream they are giving you both time and money (laughs) right right? and then you're blowing out their eardrums it was bad but there was a very dedicated group of people who were trying to help me fumble through setting up a setting up a live stream but doing something like a director's commentary is something that's been on my mind for a while as a thing to do. And it's one of the reasons why when we talked a few months ago about how I how I switched the Patreon model, this was one of the things in the back of my mind of because I mean Patreon is has is a company that's been around for a while and when they started, you had the option of like, oh, per thing or per month. And those things were sort of treated equally. But as time has gone on, the features and the way Patreon works are really all lean lean towards the monthly system. There wasn't a good way to be able to do something like, oh, hey, I have this video. If you want to watch it, you can just pay the $5, watch the video, and then cancel the next month's payment right like there wasn't there was no way to do that under the old system of like per thing yeah because you would have had to get people to sign up before you did the thing so then when the thing happened a payment yeah. would be triggered which is like a terrible way to, to yeah it, it was it's really it was really frustrating and there are a number of things that i was thinking about with like I'm fighting the system here and it's causing me problems with just trying to think about stuff. Mm. So the director's commentary had been on my mind for a long time and it's partly because we've discussed on the show, it's hard sometimes to think about, you know, when you, when you have an audience like, like we have with this show, you will have people ask for things that don't necessarily make sense or you think you wouldn't actually like it if we gave it to you and that's what we've discussed many times with an unedited version of this show for example exactly yes the the people who support the show they're like hey i'd love an unedited version and the answer is no you wouldn't right you just don't want that the thing i was saying is you may enjoy if you already enjoy the show maybe but like this isn't that isn't the show you want Right. One of the reasons you enjoy this show is because of how hard we edit it. Like, yeah. please trust me on that one. Yeah, yeah. Always show a screenshot of like the hundreds and hundreds of edits you do. Yeah, I will put a screenshot in the show notes of the edit of this episode, and yeah. then you will see how much was taken out. So if you even at this point in the show, you're like, oh, this is a good episode so far. It's because of everything I cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> it, it really is true. Yeah. And so I've always had the same thing with the YouTube channel where people are asking for stuff, things like show us the deleted scenes. And the way I make videos, if I have a deleted scene, it's because I've done something terribly wrong. Like it should never get to the 
the you should state. never have got to animation yes exactly like it should never have gotten to the state where i recorded something and it was animated in the entire time i've done this i've only ever once had a deleted scene which was from the fable of the dragon tyrant where much later i realized there was a little section that could be cut and nothing would be lost uh but it's like that just shouldn't happen with the tightly animated videos and so people would ask for like deleted scenes or people would ask for a bunch of the behind the scenes stuff. And I always just ha- like I had a hard time trying to think about what is a way that this makes sense to show people. So like people would ask sometimes for, oh, show us your notes on this thing. Like, I'd love to see more of the details that that went out. And it's like, it's not really a thing that makes sense to just show or like it totally loses all of the context. So it was part of my previous summer when I was driving around in America that it dawned on me that something like a director's commentary would make sense. And I was waiting to be able to change the business model so it could actually support that. And I was also waiting for what felt like the right video to start it with. Mm. Tumbleweeds just happened to be the the right video at the right time like i love it as a topic and it's a topic that is is weirdly infinite like you can just there's so much detail that ended up being part of this and i I often think of the natural discussion size or the natural discussion length for topics and so you can make a five minute video about tumbleweed And if you make a five-minute video about Tumbleweed, then you have to limit what you talk about, but it also can spread further because what people don't want is a university-length course on Tumbleweed management, right? People don't want to sit through all of that. But then there's, like on this podcast, we can talk about how is this video made? And that's that's sort of a longer conversation about the production of the video or like, how did this come to be? Or why was I thinking about it in this way? And that's like a podcast natural length of discussion. Or maybe as I did, you can go talk to experts and spend eight hours discussing tumbleweed with people. And that's a very different kind of thing. And the director's commentary concept made me realize oh here is a natural size of discussion that hits a bunch of bullet points bullet point number one is it doesn't have to be a thing that takes up hours and hours and hours of my time to prepare for because when i'm doing the discussion about the behind the scenes production commentary of the video I will have just finished thinking about this for six to eight weeks in a row in a very intense way. So like it is all in my head. Mm. And for the people who are asking about more behind the scenes stuff, it can have the details that don't make sense to talk about like on a podcast or to mm. upload as a separate video. So, so for example, Mike, I would not make you sit through on this show hey let me run through my favorite highlights that i made in this 1890 department of agriculture report 
on the situation in Tumbleweed out in the yeah. Midwest. Right? I think like, that, that conversation as well, like it just doesn't work as well in this setting. Like it yeah. does work better when there is a visual component too. Yeah. It works better with a visual component and it just, it, it's just, it's this thing about different size discussions are better in different formats or better in different places. And I just, just sort of thought like, okay, this is a thing that makes sense. I think it kind of answers the question of, of what a lot of the people who crowdfund the video are looking for. Like, hey, tell me more about this. Well, it's what you, you, you've kind of opened yourself up to it. Like if you came to this episode and then we start talking about Tumbleweed in like a lot of detail, it probably wasn't what you were expecting. And maybe it'd be a bit like, I don't know why... I'm being subjected to this conversation. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, that, that's the other thing is it's a very self-selecting audience yeah, of who yeah. wants to listen to this much detail, right? Yeah. Which Cortex is a much broader audience mm-hmm. than the like, who really wants to know all the details? Like it's yep. a self-selection effect as well. It is a thing that had been on my mind. I've been, again, with Year of Clarity, feeling like a lot of stuff is coming together. I was at the point where I had set it up so that it could make sense and it could work. I'd also played around with streaming on my other channels and like okay i had an idea of how to do this at least barely competently so that that came together and yeah i think i think it went well it's very interesting to do i'm still regarding it as experimental at this point in time but it it's something that at least for the animated videos, I think I'm going to continue to do going forward. Mm. I don't think it makes sense for the live action stuff because that's just way less dense. It's it's much less intense of a project. But yeah, so anyway, it's just like us talking about our businesses and like what can we do and and this was this was an experiment that is initially promising and that I think fills a space of people are interested and it's a it's a right discussion size for a, a certain kind of thing. I think I found a bag for you. Okay. So at this, I heard about this on one of my favorite podcasts, Dubai Friday. Company Tom Bin, who we know. Yeah, click the link. They make a okay. thing called the Handy Little Thing Pouch. It's like the Cortility bag that you always dreamed of, I think. It's a little bag, and you can put it on a sling or on a strap that goes around your waist. They have it in different sizes, and it's got a bunch of pockets inside. <laughs> no. no. No? Okay, Vito. tell me why. Okay, uh, I want to know why. Too big. Too, too big? big? Yeah. Okay. I'm, even, I'm looking at the small one. It's too big. It's too... Like, I think it's a good product. The small one's too big? Yes, the small one's too big. It's a good product. I I like this idea of a little bag that you can have some vital items in for travel. Mm. Like I might, I might use that actually. Mm. But if you're thinking this is the Cortility bag that I want, this is this is not the thing. Like I I want something. Yeah, that's just that's just like an additional pocket, right? That's that's small, or I can put some some additional things. It's basically a, a clip-on pocket, is what you're looking for. Kind of, yeah. I'm kind of uh. looking for something like a clip-on pocket. So this is uh. this is too much. I appreciate I appreciate what you're trying to do here, but I'm going to veto this as a satisfactory bag. 
All right, and keep looking out for you then. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, it did. It did make me think about bags in general, though. Like I'm yeah. thinking about bags again because I'm probably okay. going to need a daily bag now, which I haven't needed in a long time. Why? For moving from home to studio. No, no. No, 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 no. There will be no. little things that I will want to bring with me. What, what frequently? Things? Not every day. Uh, like stuff like pens, uh, coffee stuff, oh maybe food. Um, you know, like there might be a time where I will want to take an iPad there and back. Uh, like stuff <sighs> like that, right? And it's not going to be every day, no. but it's going to be frequently enough that I'm thinking I will want to have a more like daily bag again. No. Don't do this. Don't do this, Mike. Just double Why? double up double up everything that you no, could no, ever no, conceive of at the office. Everything. Right. Okay. Okay. Sandwiches, no. But sandwiches you can you can bring in a little brown paper bag like you're going to school. But no, pens, no, iPads, no. You should have redundant equipment in Mega Studio so that you're packing that's crazy making. Like I'm just No, no, don't do this. Don't do this, Mike. Just get redundant equipment, please. I'm begging you. <laughs> I can't. I don't think I can live with the idea that you have a whole mega studio and then you have a bag full of junk that you're bringing back and forth frequently. So no. when you had the gl- no. glass Hard cube, pass. you had nothing. You had no bag that you took with you. I had no. I had literally no bag. Though, and it mm. was. It was like. It was like being a leaf on the wind. Right. It was just freedom. It was great. Everything I could conceive of. There was a redundant version of it in the glass cube. This is how you should live life, Mike. Don't, don't, don't mm. start schlepping a bag, please, for your own sake. I <laughs> see. I found a bag that I like, though. <sighs> no, okay. Now, if you want to buy a bag because you like the bag, that's a totally different right, thing. Right, but this bag would only be useful to me in this situation because, like, it's not big enough. I don't think, like, for like traveling. Okay. It's more of like a daily bag. Okay. But okay, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take your advice, and I'm, I'm not looking at this thing. It's a million times too big. Don't do this. I think I think you should seriously consider this as a constraint to focus you on realizing what do you want to have in Mega Office. All right. So right. what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna postpone bag buying. Okay. I'm not gonna God. buy this bag. <laughs> now right like and i will do what you are suggesting like because i have bags right now which i am using to take stuff to the office but then the off- most of the stuff is staying there or it's stuff that right. has to come yeah, back yeah, home yeah, because yeah. i don't have it set up yet but i think i i think i am on board with this idea that you're setting out right <sighs> where like maybe the things that i'm mentioning i could just have a tote bag right to put my coffee cup and my sandwich box in right like that, and that's like a different situation. That's like basically a carrier bag. Like it's not a gear bag of any kind, right? You know, like a, like a regular tote bag, not this tote backpack that okay. I'm showing you. Okay. You know what I mean? Like a okay. canvas tote bag if I want to take a sandwich to the office. Okay. Sa- right? Sandwich, yes. Coffee cup? What do you mean by coffee like One of those cup? travel coffee mugs. Like I'm planning on making coffee at home before I leave because I have really good equipment here. Okay. Right? Okay. And putting it in like a flask cup thing and taking it with me to the office to have on the go this is like a, not a necessarily a thing i'm gonna do but like a thing i'll okay. do sometimes <laughs> okay all right all right i have to right? I have to also just re- reframe my brain for the way that you use coffee so you just want to have you want to have coffee on your way to the office I, that's Maybe. fine 
that's maybe fine. like I that isn't necessarily that. something I'm going to do, but it might be something that I do sometimes. Like right. if I'm in but, a what rush. You're not, what you're not doing, what you're not doing is you're not bringing a cup, which is your favorite coffee cup. No, to that the my, to drink I will have of. a coffee cup at the office. Okay. Okay. Probably. Right. Right. Because like, no, I'm not. Yes, wait, I'm not. Yes, no. 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 Like because I'm not. Because there's also like. I might just go to the cafe, which is like next to the place, right? Like, yeah. But what are you going to do when people come visit when they're at the hot desk and they're like, "Oh, where's the coffee?" Oh, we're going to have like glasses and water and stuff, but like coffee, I don't know if we're going to have. We don't have a sink in the studio. Who's gonna Who's gonna visit you if there's no coffee in your studio? Not me. But there is a. I can just get you a coffee from the coffee shop. (laughs) How far is that coffee shop? Like, like super close. Like you would be there in twenty seconds. Okay, maybe that's satisfying. There's actually like three. (laughs) <laughs> there's like lots of options right it's like a we're in a town here we're in a city okay. but anyway like so i just haven't worked out the if there's going to be an in-studio coffee solution yet because right. it, it will require effort right because okay. we don't have a sink so you'd have to go to the communal sink to like right. deal with that and i just haven't worked out how or if that's gonna work but mm. all right no bag okay great Woof. for now I'll take it. All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. Okay. I, feel, I feel like I've saved a life today. That's how, I, that's how relieved I feel. Wow. All right. Uh, Cortex Movie Club next time. Movie Club. We're going to be watching Inside Bill's Brain. This is a three-part series on Netflix. We've watched the whole thing. It's not going to just be one episode, all three episodes. Mm-hmm. It's basically one big three-hour documentary that they cut up into three parts. It doesn't really need to be three episodes specifically, but it, it's structured that way. Yeah. Uh, this is pretty relevant right now. It's kind of funny. Bill Gates has just stepped down from Microsoft's board to focus on his philanthropy, and it is mostly about his... Well, it's kind of like the, the documentary focuses on mostly the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, but mm-hmm. then looks back at his history and how it applies to the things that he's now doing as a philanthropist. The reason that I... Well, you will understand the reasons when you've watched this as to why I think this is relevant for the show, but like it does focus a lot on the type of person Bill Gates is and as a leader, and also how he thinks and works. And mm-hmm. this is now the second time that I've seen it because I watched it a few months ago and I put it on the list because it was like felt so prime to talk about on the show. So right. go and watch it. It's on Netflix. It's great. And we're going to talk about it on the next episode. Okay.